You are now tuned in to another episode of the Sales Development Podcast, powered by Tenbound, hosted by David Denver. My name is James Bodden, here to introduce episode 211, featuring Kathleen Robita, head of sales development at Seesaw Learning. This episode is all about leading from the front. As an SDR leader, Kathleen starts off by sharing some tactical details on how she's ramping up her team, who's actually just getting through their first full month of prospecting. So all of you SDR leaders who are leading new reps, the value's waiting for you here at the beginning of the episode. At the 10-minute mark, Kathleen talks about balancing being an empathetic leader while holding her SDR team accountable to results, something that lots of leaders struggle with. She also talks about how she helps her team start with the end in mind when setting goals. At the 24-minute mark, David and Kathleen discuss the power of tapping in to your team's entire lives, not just work, not just their professional side, but learning about who they are as a person and how servant leadership has served Kathleen and allowed her to create a safe, fun work environment for her team. At the 35-minute mark, Kathleen and David discuss how individual contributors on a sales development team can show their leader that they're ready for that next step. So many people love to talk about the promotion, think about, daydream about the promotion. We're going to give you some actual steps to take to show your leaders that you're ready to get to that next level. As the episode wraps up, David and Kathleen talk about the paths that we all take in our sales development careers and the power of leaning into your current role, which always allows you to then level up and advance your career. This episode probably could have gone on for another two hours. There's so much value here. If you enjoy the episode, head over to 10bound.com, see what we're up to there, leave us a five-star rating. But for now, enjoy episode 211 featuring Kathleen Robita, Head of Sales Development at Seesaw Learning. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. This is David Denver, your host. And today we're going to be speaking with a brilliant SDR leader that truly understands the meaning of leading from the front. So please welcome Kathleen Robita, Head of Sales Development at Seesaw Learning. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Hey, David. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. And, you know, thanks for being on the show, especially it's end of month, end of quarter. I'm sure your boots are on the ground in full force. We are jamming. We are. We are. (laughs) I'm excited, though. I've got a new team over at Seesaw, David, and this is their first full month prospecting. So it's exciting stuff. That sounds really exciting. I mean, even thinking about, you know, really what the main goals are. I mean, right. You have a brand new team. You probably are getting your playbook rolled out. I mean, Love to hear a little bit about kind of your journey and process about everything before we kind of go into the weeds, of course, but this sounds like a really exciting opportunity now at Seesaw Learning. Yeah. Seesaw has welcomed me in with open arms. It's a great company. Their culture is phenomenal. And I started back in early spring and I would say, David, that on day two, I started interviewing for this sales development team. We quickly hired 10 with the help of Miranda over in people operations at Seesaw, hired 10. And you know, that's really the tricky part, David, like starting with hiring correctly, you know, for me is really important, you know, and finding people that are curious, hard workers, good, you know, good listeners, people who have drive, finding these folks that are wanting to 
kind of be have a humble and hungry attitude. You know what I mean? Like they're ready to go. They want to talk with prospects. They want to have conversations. So, you know, I feel like we ended up with a great team, you know, 10 SDRs and then it's onboarding, David. Yes. Onboarding. Onboarding is crucial. That is our next segue. We're talking about onboarding, right? Like walk us through this because when we spoke last week or a few weeks ago, I love really your mindset about the onboarding and making sure your team is very prepared. I think that's where you lead from the front, which I think is incredible. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I've been lucky in my career. I've worked for small startups and large fortune 500s. I've been a closer. I've been a market development person, a BDR, an SDR. I've led a few teams. And one thing I've really been able to do in this, in my career, David, is connect with a few key people and have wonderful mentors in my life. One of them is Rob DiMartino. He's co-founder at Final Sight and spent six and a half years working with him. And one of the things that I really took away from that relationship was that it's really important to set people up for success. And how do you set people up for success? You start with onboarding, right? So I'm thinking I've got to pull together, and this is what I've done in the past roles and did for Seesaw, pull together a slide deck of everything you need to know to start being an SDR at the organization, right? So this is company history, product information, product training. How do we prospect at Seesaw in an ed tech company? You know, because you could be in different SaaS, corners of the SaaS world, David, right? And companies prospect differently. What do we believe in? What are we trying to accomplish? You know, are we using video? I love video, right? Love Some companies, you know, that's one way to stand out. So teach, and a lot of the SDRs coming in, interestingly enough, that I've been working with, you know, they're not as familiar with video prospecting, right? So I want to introduce them and let them know Tyler Lessard over at Vidyard, right? And all the great stuff Drift is doing so that we can really break through the noise. There's so much email that we've got to cut through. So, so talking about company, product, how we prospect, getting in some role play, building a playbook off of you know, email formats and cold call openers and working together as a team. There's so much to put together. But yeah, we I built a two-week onboarding program. And then week three, you know, they're in the pool, swimming and talking to prospects. In our case, it's schools and districts who are looking for a learning platform for their youngest learners. And so they're doing it, David. They're swimming, you know, and they're having these conversations. And, you know, part of it is getting the conversation. That's the hardest part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having those conversations is, right, like being able to at least go into the weeds a little bit, like making those phone calls, being able to have those, you know, genuine conversations, but also being able to build value of the reason why you're calling. And I think, you know, especially with what you have built from the ground up, you know, there's many different pieces here. We're thinking about inbound, outbound. We're talking about tierings of, you know, SDRs. So if someone's more of a senior, like not going to be them simply going after a school district compared to a school size between zero and 250. That's right. uh, 250 account. I mean, I had something similar to that when I was working at Parchment with Jeff Harris is like, we really had to come up with the rules of engagement as we started adding new SDRs to the team. That's right. And I think what you're talking about too is like, where do we start? We start with clean data and we start with segmenting our prospecting list, creating a great sequence or cadence and outreach. I'm an outreach fan. 
and a smart one. So we don't want to be an annoying prospector. We, like you said, we want to bring value, right? So saying things like, you know, when we talk with other directors of technologies at school districts, they tell us this, this is what they share. Do you have this common pain or need? You can tell I'm very Sandler trained, David. I I dig it. Um, And so do you, you know, do you have this, is this relevant? So we try to be relevant, not just personalized, right? But like relevant to the persona that we're prospecting and talking with. And so this team though, David is so new in that some of them haven't been professional SDRs before, prospectors before. They're coming in from the education world, which is great because they have the infrastructure and the lingo down to talk with a school or a district. And some are SDRs that have been in SDR for maybe one or two years. So really, it's very important for me to have a continuous improvement program for them, especially over the summer, you know, in the initial quarters, a program that looks at, okay, let's maybe use a Kaizen method, right? Which is a great philosophy and methodology for continuous improvement and learning. I love Kaizen. So anybody who's been on a team of mine will tell you that Kaizen and continuous improvement come out of my mouth at least once a week, David, you know? So we've got a whole schedule lined up for this team. The first thing we did is we studied cold calls, you know? So how are we doing on our cold calls? What approaches are we using? And you know what we discovered, David? It's not the greeting. It's the second thing you say. So it's not, you know, hi, David, it's been a while since I've spoken with anybody over at 10 bound, you know, or can you point me in the right direction? Yeah, we can get those down. It's the next question. It's the question that you're now a journalist, right? And trying to learn. So this is something we discovered recently, and we've got continuous improvement programs for the rest of summer on email format, using video I love video to break through the noise, you know, use, we're using Vidyard and Drift, just the free tools right now. It's good enough and they do great things. And so prospecting with video, but the other thing you mentioned, which is interesting too, is how do we best work with people who say not right now? Yes. Nurtures. I call them nurtures, right? Nurtures. So this will also be a topic of conversation. And one of the things I like to integrate with continuous improvement is having every SDR own one of the subjects. So I will come and present to you, you know, as a team, but then maybe later in the summer, you're going to watch a John Barrows webinar, right? Or you're going to watch a Breezy Breezy Beaumont webinar or Tyler Lessard, and you're going to come back and you're going to talk to us about cold calls again, right? And you're going to present a few slides and we're going to integrate what we learn and we agree on into our playbook on how we cold call. So what I found with that, David, is that that empowers them. You know, the SDR feels like, oh, I own a part of this and I can make a difference in myself and the team. And when they are that subject matter expert, I find it, you know, they know it's helping their career. It's helping them get to goal and they tend to stay longer. I really believe the continuous improvement programs that I've run have helped me keep SDRs longer than average. You know, my last company, they were there three and a half years. Have you ever heard of a SaaS company where an SDR will stay with you, be happy and productive for three and a half years? No, that's amazing. And that's why, and I know for a fact that there's truth behind that, you know, having some conversations, even with your SDRs, it's like, you are that leader that leads from the front and some leaders lead with fear. I mean, there's a lot of that I've heard, like leading with fear of getting things done, but like being an empathetic, compassionate leader that has understands the soft skills, but also holds their team accountable. So there's like 
two things here where, yes, you are using your soft skills. You are showing empathy, especially during this very tough time during COVID and during the recession talks. Like you are holding your team accountable to those numbers, which I think is a very unique skill. Thank you. I try just to be very clear in communicating with my team, you know, in terms of the expectations. So this is how many people I'd like you to sequence this week. And this is the activity I would like to see from you in terms of volume this week. And maybe we adjust that based on we're so relevant, we're getting more qualifications. And so we don't have to have such a high volume, right? Or maybe we need more volume because of the time of year or the sales cycle. And it really all comes back to, you know, I think just the open communication. And another thing, I had a mentor, his name is Angelo Otterbein, also from Final Sight, great company. He really started me off with, let's start with where do you want to end up? Let's start with where do you want to end up? And for me, that's scalable, repeatable pipeline, right? That's the unicorn of maybe 4X pipeline, right? Three and a half, 4X. That's what we're after. So yes, continuous improvement for keeping them, having them be productive and effective and efficient, but also what are we here for? And so I think sometimes taking the team back to that, what role do you play in the organization? What role do you play in the SaaS and also in the sales team, right? And so I think just reiterating that and showing them how they positively affect pipeline and the difference they're making on a daily basis is really important for them to understand their value. One thing I often say is understand your value to the organization. Are you a million dollar SDR? Literally, right? Are you 1.5? Are you 2 million? Or, you know, did you bring in 300 opportunities? Know your value, you know? Yes. And so like as a leader, you can identify individual skills, like, right? Like if somebody's really good at video prospecting, obviously you can look at data and analytics to back that. But at the same time, if you see some talent in a, an SDR and they might not know that they're very good at that, do you as a leader point them in that direction to understand where they want to go and then try to like tighten that up to the point where you empower them to lead a certain segment on your team? I think that is really cool. I think the listeners would love to hear this. That's a great point. I absolutely do. There's somebody on the team who was trying video for the first time earlier this month. And I said, you've got a knack for this. Like, you know, my first video, this is like taking us back a few. Okay. It might be dating me. All right, David. But like, (laughs) I think my first prospecting video was 20 minutes and like, I never ended up sending it. Right. I showed my boss and he was like, So maybe we don't send that, you know, and then I upskilled, right? I took free webinars from Vidyard and Drift and learned, you know, this should be under a minute, maybe 40 seconds, right? And you need a call to action and all these things. And so, yes, I absolutely, if I see potential or vice versa, if I see that you're struggling with a certain area, I might say, why don't we study this more, right? What invariably happens is they become known on the team as, Oh, this is the video person, right? I have to ask her, when you send video, what are you putting in the subject line? You know, are you putting a thumbnail in? So they invariably become that SME. And I think they're proud of it. And everybody knows who the go-to is for these topics. And and even topic could also be the sales engagement platform, right? Someone who wants to go and get an admin badge and be the expert in that. And maybe we tie that in too. I really like to look at what is your career goal? I need you for like a year and a half to two years. Please stay with me, right? But do you want to become an AE? 
I've had people who wanted to go into product, into marketing. And so what we do is we weave in as closely as we can, you know, something, you know, you're going to learn how to demo next year, then let's put that in your goals, right? You're going to learn how to demo the product. And now I'm helping you, you know, on your career path. And I'm keeping you a little bit longer, maybe. And especially, you know, if you're producing, you know, which I've had the good fortune to work with so many BDR SDRs, which is a, that's a whole other conversation, isn't it, David? Tomato, tomato. I don't know. BDR, SDR. I love them both. But I think it's really important to consider their interests in continuous improvement and also consider, you know, maybe what they're struggling with. You and I have talked in the past about, you know, coaches and mentors that you've had that really believed in you and pushed you a little bit, right? Yeah. And so I actually think that that is something I like sometimes to do. If I see that something may be a weakness, I might suggest to you, like, let's not let this be a fear for you. You know, let's not make it an obstacle. Why don't you become the expert, right? Yes. No, I mean, absolutely. You hit it well, you know, hit it right on the head. I mean, there's a couple different leaders. I mean, even throughout my career that have inspired me, right? One, somebody that was, you know, and I consider him one of my dearest friends right now. He is the co-founder of Parchment Inc., right? So in the education space, Mr. Jeffrey Harris, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, we chat on the regular. They actually just, you know, a few months back or whatnot were acquired. So like good on him, everything he built, he built that company from his garage. And so like when I got to spend some time with him not too long ago, the Ritz Carlton, yeah, Ritz Carlton in Santa Barbara. So we had some good laughs and good chats and you know, he always encouraged me. He said, dude, you got this. Like, even if I'm not sure if he knew if I had it, he continued to keep pushing me. Yes. And then there's, you know, another manager that like, he was very tough on me. Yep. Right. Like yep. to the point, and he did it because he knew I was capable. Right. And, and he always said, dude, we got to ride the horse. Like you're, dude, right. you're, you're the beast. We got to keep feeding the beast. And, you know, we got to a point where you know, I was getting promotion after promotion after promotion and not to say, Hey, look at me, I got a promotion. It's more so as a leader. And this is a question I'm going to ask you is what about the SDR that is finding a lot of success? And you're like, okay, like I don't want to lose them. So Mm -hmm. can I figure out, do we give them a 4k bump? Do Mm -hmm. we give like maybe some spiffs here and there? So maybe we, as an organization don't have to come up with the extra 4k or like, what does that look like? I mean, is it going to be SDR one, two, three, four, and then moves to a team lead? Or there's just so many ways you can do it. And I'm curious, like your thoughts about that. I love the idea of layering a team, you know, and what about David? You know, I'll answer your question, but I also think one a question for you is like, what do you think about people who have not done sales development, but have all the skill sets that you think they come across as a great candidate, bring them in as an associate level, Right. And then I love the idea of an associate level, a representative level, a senior who's also a mentor. Part of being able to scale the team, in my experience, is you've got to have two to three people, depending on the size of the team, who will be mentors, who are senior members, who can be mentors, who can help you onboard the next round of people, right? And help you coach the next round of people. In my last organization, I developed a mentoring program with senior team members and a new person would come in, they would help me onboard. And then they would also spend three months and have 30 minute weekly meetings with this person, with the new hires. And this looks like 
I have all these questions about my tech platforms that I'm using, right? Can you help me with this? Or how do I enter in this discovery or qualification call? I, Kathy showed me, but I have some extra questions. Or it could be, you know, let's just have coffee and get to know each other a little bit and know people on your team. I think ultimately, if someone has been with me a year and a half to two years, and they're just clearly an AE at that point, then I want to do what's best for them and the company though, David. So if there's a role open in the SaaS organization for an AE, I mean, isn't this the perfect bench to pull from? Honestly, they've been fully trained. Everybody on the train has had consistent, on the team has had consistent training and they know how to prospect. They know your market. Like, why wouldn't you pull? I mean, I don't want to say that because I love my SDRs and BDRs and I want you to pull. But in the same token, if it's good for the company and it's good for the individual, I care a lot about these people. And it sounds like you've had mentors and leaders who have cared about you too. And I want them to be successful. So in my last organization, I was able to get someone over into the AE role. And yeah. I was really proud of it. I was really proud of it. And I'm very supportive of whatever your goal is. It's one of the questions I ask in the first one-on-one I have with the SDR, where do you want to be in maybe three years or two and a half years? And some of them do say, I love sales development. I had someone on my team who'd been an SDR, and this may be a unicorn and unheard of for more than 15 years, but she loved the thrill of the hunt, the chase, and she was great at it. So why would you mess with that? And that's another topic for maybe a whole other show for us, David, yeah. which is, I think I'm creating a spinoff for us. Yeah, man, there is, might be a spinoff for sure. I love this. I love geeking right? out. It's awesome. Right? It's why can't sales development be its own profession? Why is it always a training space for going to sales and AE? I don't think it has to be. It's a great benefit, right? And I think most of the SaaS, if we pulled people on LinkedIn would say, it's a great training place for people. But it's also, if you find someone talented who loves it, why would you move them? It's got to be one, and I am partial. It's got to be one of the hardest jobs in the company. For you know, sure. Calling people who are not expecting you to call. I once did a call challenge that I got the whole sales team in on, the SDR team and leadership in. Now listen to this. If he listens to this, he'll know who he is. So leadership. All right. So the one leader, he was in the C-suite. He's like, I'm going to participate and help bring the positive energy. I'm going to make calls too. David, how many calls do you think he made? I'm going to go with 20. One. <laughs> All right. And I, one. Love the guy. I love the guy, right? Like I love the guy, but like not everyone is cut out for this and it's not everyone's specialty. And so I think if you're lucky enough to find a unicorn who loves sales development, why wouldn't you just promote them to senior? Why wouldn't you just make them a team lead? Like you said, or someday a manager of a team, right? Because they love the genre, if you will. Right. And they love sales development and for success, you need a passion in this particular arena. I think, yeah, you need a passion for it. hundred percent. And I think one of the things that I've, you know, always tried to implement, right? Like now that you have like talking about this mentorship and buddy system, I think a really cool thing to have and the value that can be brought to it that is not financial is more so what if there is a 90-day buddy system where at the end of the buddy system, your organization builds some type of a certification that they can share on LinkedIn. I love it where that they can put a badge and say, hey, yes, I might be an SDR, I might be a senior SDR, but at that point, if recruiters are looking at them, yes. the value of their yes. next opportunity is going to allow them to get 5, 10, 15K more, 
right? We don't want them to go anywhere, but those right. type, there's value within like a little badge that you could create. Right. right. And how simple is that? And even if it's also like the time that they took, you know, the documented time with their trainee, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe like a little quiz or something, you know, a la HubSpot certification, right? Why wouldn't you do something like that? It's a, And I think looking for those things is so smart. It's such a great question, David. It's so smart to look for ways that you can, I think, reward people for their efforts beyond their gift card for the challenge or their actual, you know, quarterly bonus. How are you helping them in the long run, in the long term? Yeah, no, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about the people first. So like for me, and I know it sounds like exactly for you as well, it's like understanding an individual's why, understanding their story, understanding their pain. Right. For me, what I play every single day is I remember all my haters. I remember all the challenges I went through. I remember all the things that people said that I couldn't do. Right. I then have pictures around my desk of my family. Yes. And I still have, you know, an email from a guidance counselor that said college wasn't for everybody. Oh my goodness. Um, And when people continue to tell you that you're no good, you have two options. You can either go down the path of, oh my gosh, maybe I'm no good. Or you can say, you know what? Maybe I'm not smarter than what anyone else thinks. Maybe I'm not being challenged correctly. And so that's what I continue to do personally was I just continue to channel myself. And I think as leaders, I want to understand what they're doing after work. Are they watching a game? Right. Because if I'm watching a game and their favorite teams, the Chicago Bulls. That's right. I might shoot them a text or, hey, did you just see that dunk? Yes. I'm not a fan, which I am. Like I would want to be tapping into like, Hey, like who was struggling on the phone? Like mm-hmm. they got beat up on the phone today. Their metrics weren't as high. Right. Like I know that they're a fan of this. So maybe I can lighten up their day by reaching out to them and seeing how their nights go and watching the bulls game or something. David, what you're talking about, I have three things that automatically come to mind. One that's servant leadership. That's my job is to set you up for success and also to care about you. Your well-being. We're humans. This world is tough. Why wouldn't you care about these people that are on your team? And I have worked for both types of leaders, David. I've worked for the one who doesn't know anything about me for many years, right? Who doesn't know my husband's name, right? But then I've also worked for people who, you know, still send me Christmas cards and text, say, let's have coffee years later, right? And it makes all the difference, I think, to know that someone is behind you. I think I want my people to feel like when I'm in the room with you, if we're in any company meeting, sales team meeting, company-wide meeting, I want them to know that I have their back and that they're safe. And maybe that sounds dramatic, but two of my favorite mentors always made me feel like they had my back when I was in a meeting with them and I didn't have to worry and I could be myself and speak up and share my ideas. It really frees you to know that someone has your back and cares about your well-being and that you're not silly for raising a question and you're not silly for wanting to collaborate on something or you've got an idea. And even if it is a crazy idea that they're supporting you, how huge is that to, you know, feel like that? My current CRO, Karen, she's very much like that. She wants to hear all the ideas. And I always feel good. Like if she's in a meeting with me, I know she's got my back, you know, and that's what I want for my team. And I want them to know I'm there biggest cheerleader. It's such a line, David, because I'm their cheerleader, but they also know that like, I'm also serious about results, right? They know that I'm going to help them with their tools, their technique. 
I'm going to be their cheerleader. I'm going to be positive. I don't care if you're going to work from Starbucks. I don't care if you're going to go get Starbucks. I just want to know, are your numbers coming in? And if not, what do we need to work on to help you get there? And how can I help you? What can I do with you or for you or enable you to do, right? So that you can be successful and that the whole team can be successful. It is. It's such a line, right? Because, and they know me, like I would, they could call me at two or three in the morning with an emergency and I'm going to pick up the phone, right? And be there for them. And at the same, they don't do it, but I would, right? (laughs) I would, but they don't don't do it, but I would. And then, but then the other thing is, it's like, we're here for a reason too. And let's achieve together. Yeah. And it's, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's that fine line, but you know, from an outsider. So like, I'm going to go back in my SDR days and like, this is going to be kind of one of those things where I'm going to almost, well, I'm going to ask a question, but at the same time, when a leader says that, Hey, I'm here to help you. Right. Like not you, I've known you as a person and you sincerely mean that a lot of the times means don't bother me. Right. Like it can be depending on the leader yeah. here. I have an open door policy. Open door right. policy means don't bug me. Right. <laughs> like you almost have to identify to the point where it's like an SDR might be afraid that they might need a little extra help in Salesforce yeah. or being able right. to filter out different lists or look at dead right. or look at last engagement. They might not have that skill and how yeah. to make them feel comfortable mm-hmm. asking those questions without them feeling like dumb or like get you concerned, like, oh my gosh, this person might not know how to do a job. But like once the SDR is in their head, it can go downhill very quickly. I think that's a really good point. And it's interesting. And I think there's two things. One, hopefully they see that if you're dedicating serious time to them weekly or bi-weekly. So, you know, I just set up hourly one-on-ones with them all next week to look at what's your July plan. And I put together on their Google doc, like, here are the things we should look and talk about. Please think about them and come prepared. And let's spend an hour together figuring out what your July plan is and coordinating with your sales rep, right? And your AE. And let's see, what are you stuck on that I can help you with? Hopefully them seeing such an invite and, you know, they understand that and that they get my time every week that they understand that they're my priority and that anything they ask is okay. The other thing is being human, right? So I will say in our second week of onboarding, I think something happened and I was having like a rough afternoon. And I think I'm definitely not a poker player, David, like they could see it on my face. (laughs) And you know what I just said to them? I said, listen, I said, you guys are doing awesome. If I seem cranky, ignore it. I still adore each and every one of you. I said, let's get through this. We're at the end, you know, and we got this. And you know what that did? I think David is that let them know that like, I don't hold myself to a higher level. You know, we're all human beings. We all put our pants on. It's pretty much the same way. And we're all human. We, you know, and we have days with that. I'm always going to have their back and have time for them and any questions. It is okay. And I also think reassuring them on one-off conversations, whether it's Slack huddle or Slack call or Slack text or whatever Slack that, listen, you're not silly. Or if you wanted to talk to me after hours, right? Because we're running out of time of the day is fine. Right. And I want to make sure that you hang up the phone feeling, okay, I'm doing a good job. And Kathy believes in me. Yeah. And Kathy, that brings up another point. It's like, yes, as much as you want to be there for every single rep, I mean, your time is dedicated. I mean, you're being pulled in so many different directions. You have a new playbook here, you know, that you've created that you're always refining. You're always 
looking to help your team build top of funnel, like build brand new, you know, new pipeline. I don't know on this other side of things, if you are involved within renewals, but I mean, like there's so much going on, like to the point where it's like, you still have to stay focused at the task yeah. at hand. So how do you delegate as a leader? There's that fine line of being like, yes, I want to be there, but you still got shit to do. I do. I do. And I think that I'm finally, that's a great question. I think I'm finally at the point where basically this spring, I spent three months doing what I did in six years at another company. Like I had six years to do at another company, what I've done in three months, but I'm excited for what I've done and what we've built so far. But I think the team is up and running. And so I'm thinking that the questions hopefully become fewer and the needs become fewer. But when they do come across, David, they're probably just as important, right? So maybe they're off the training wheels and they don't need me to hold the bike as much, but when they do need me to hold the handlebar, you know, it's an important thing that they need, right? I also think if the team gets to some size, and I don't even think this is limited to sales development, right? You could be talking to a sales leader, a CS leader, I think that you really do need to build in team leads and managers because there's only so much bandwidth. And if I'm not able to give you, David, if you're my SDR, the amount of time that you need, then I need to look at, you know, maybe we need another, mm-hmm. you know, team lead, you know, or a manager on the team to help because scalability, right? Like what do they say in leadership? It's seven direct reports. And after that, you start to be less efficient. So that's something really important. So having someone who's a manager on the team or a team lead who knows your vision and understands how you operate, I mean, and can hopefully have the same beliefs and culture, I think is critical for scaling a team. Right. And I mean, for the SDRs that are listening out there, it could be just an SDR, a senior SDR, it could even be a team lead that's aspiring to be a sales development manager. Like, what are the things that they should be like thinking about? Obviously, some people, if they see like in the Slack channel, there's one specific person always saying, oh my gosh, this everything's going so great. And I'm not going to say brown nose, right? But it's like, right. where's that fine line where like individuals can really be able to showcase their skill to you, mm-hmm. be able to show like, hey, like I am ready to make this next jump. And like, right. what, t- like what tips would you give them to like, hey, to, pow- to level up and to be able to move into a team role or sales development manager role? For me, I definitely want to see that they are working to achieve their monthly or quarterly goals, right? Are they diligent? Are they responsible? Are they effective? Are they working well with their current team and then externally with their AE partner or their client success, like you mentioned for expansion? And then I want to see that they're doing their own continuous learning. When I had the bandwidth, David, I was crazy about podcasts such as your own webinars Anything 10 bound, anything Trish Bertuzzi, you know, anything John Barrows or Beck Holland, I wanted to consume all of it. And whether that was a webinar, a podcast, a book, right? So I would spend my spare time, well, not a lot of it, but like, you know, on a weekend or evening, I sound very nerdy, like reading these books, right? Reading the 10 bound, reading virtual selling, writing, taking notes. I'm going to try that next week, right? And building my own playbook. I did not have the good fortune, honestly, of ever having thorough onboarding. Most of my onboarding, and I'm talking Fortune 500s that you would know, small startups, mid startups. I've never had like a week's onboarding ever in my career. I've had to be self-reliant of let me learn about the company, but also let me learn about this profession I'm in and make sure I'm reading the books and following on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been probably 
the biggest thing that happened to my career in that I've been able to follow people like you or David or Kyle Van Voris, right? David Delaney and like learn all about prospecting techniques, things you need to consider as an SDR, BDR, or, you know, anything from cold calling to your relationship with your AE, or what about things you can do at the end of the month to upskill and get your goal in? Like, you've got to be dialed in if you really are hungry and hopefully humble. I love humble and hungry as an SDR or BDR or a person in general, then you need to be educating yourself is what it comes down to. You need to be reading the best books on your profession, watching recorded podcasts and webinars and asking questions and making connections with people like you, David, so that I can follow and watch the conversations. I mean, how many ideas do you get from LinkedIn? I get a ton. Tons, tons. I actually create documents and, you know, of the, some of the favorite things that I, you know, have, I put them in different buckets, right? So if it's like outreach, like things that I have already learned. So if we talk about Sandler and Sandler training, you did talk about that. You know, that's what we're building here at 10 bound plus. So like Sandler's slowly, their methodology, like it's great. Yeah. Oh, it's like, we're in a new era. And that's what we've developed at 10 bound plus is we're really able to be there for our folks. If it's any type of documents or anything that they need, any type of leadership calls, SDR calls, like we're here to be able to coach through that. And so like, I thought it was brilliant when David Delaney reached out to me and said, Hey, David, like, this is what I'm trying to, you know, this is what we're building and come on over and love for you to help us build this thing out. Because it doesn't, it doesn't exist. I was so shocked. Honestly, one of my hires at my last organization, she actually took Sandler sales training at university and she graduated with a degree in like sales. And I'm like, when I went to college, that wasn't even a thing. Like, I wish I had the opportunity to, to learn sales process and methodology. Right. And so I love everything you guys are doing over at 10 bound. I'm definitely a follower, but it goes back to LinkedIn and there's not sales dev is definitely, you know, an emerging profession and it is, you've got to build your skill set and you've got to stay on top of last year. I didn't even really know much about product focused growth, right? So what do I do? I'm looking on LinkedIn. I didn't go to Google. I went to LinkedIn. I started looking at product-led growth, right? Because all the companies I'd worked for had all always been sales, right? Based on sales and not necessarily off of the product itself, right? And off of a community that uses the product, for example. So I find Breezy Beaumont, right? And I find, I don't know, she correlated or something, right? And I'm like, okay, I watch a few Breezy Beaumont webinars and I'm in, I get it. I understand it now, right? You have to do these things and make note and be diligent about what you're learning. Take notes and incorporate. Yeah, no, I mean, you always gotta be incorporating new things. And like you said, instead of Google, I end up personally even going like, hey, where am I going to get some of my creativity? Like, yes, I'm always thinking about how to set up my day within my bagels, right? And a lot of people that have listened to that, like understand what I mean. So like, obviously Sandler, but, you know, I really tried to identify like, hey, if I'm trying to learn more about product marketing, why not go on LinkedIn and do hashtag product marketing and then follow that hashtag Right. And then go and just scroll all the information. It's like Google Express times 2.3.1475. I don't know. Like, right. it's like right, right here in front of you. 
Right. And then you're going to see, you're going to start to subscribe to newsletters and you're going to be invited to webinars that are pertinent to what you want to learn about. Right. And then, you know, you're starting to build your own education. That's just it. I can set someone up for success, David, right? I can make sure you have every platform, you know how to use them. You know, all of the great prospecting techniques that I've learned and that I've, you know, can share with you. But at the end of the day, you've got to take initiative. And I think that's what I want to see in my SDRs, whether they want to become a team lead or not, you've got to own that role that you're doing, like it's your territory, it's your little company, right? And you need to take the initiative to educate yourself and not just what I'm sharing with you and the team is sharing for you, but you need to own your own career well-being, whether that's just for the role or for your long-term growth. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think a lot of the time I've seen both sides, right? SDRs that, you know, might not work as hard. And I do feel bad for the individuals that cheat themselves because whatever you're going to do in this lifetime, If you don't master these skills now, and let's say if hypothetically, you might say to me like, Hey, well, I don't need to learn these skills now. Like I'm still young and early. Like I'm still trying to figure things out. Okay. Well, one day you're really going to have a strong why, why why not start now learn this so that you can get by your mid twenties or thirties. Like you're going to be crushing it out of the water where you're going to be a senior vice president, head of sales development. Like that's one regret I have. I wish I would have started way earlier. Yeah. It's interesting the paths we end up in and that we take though. Right. And, you know, there's something about being self-sufficient, David, I think you and I've talked about this, you know, in our conversations of learning to take care of your own career. Right. And this way, what happens is, is that if you do educate and you do take the time to become excellent at what you're doing or a subject matter expert, it may not matter who your leader is. I mean, in a way it's always going to matter. Right. But if in, not everyone's going to be like you and me, David, right? Like yeah. you and I, you and me, you know, you know, it's not always going to be that way. You're going to get people who don't know your husband's name, right? Or your spouse's name and who don't, you know, may not know the name of the town you live in, right? And so you're going to get people who don't take the time and care to make sure that you're successful and doing things for you. So I think it comes down to, you know, making sure you do take it into your own hands and take care of your career. A hundred percent. I mean, Every time we get together, you know, Kathleen, like, and I know I call you both Kathleen and Kathy. I like both. Yeah. Like it's a mix, right? Like yeah, I, yeah. I feel comfortable saying both, but like, I'm so blessed. I to not only call you, you know, a friend, but like knowing an individual that truly is compassionate, like just, you have the biggest heart out of majority of people that I not only come on chat with on a day-to-day basis, but like knowing how much you care for people. Like it really warms my heart. And I feel like any SDR that has opportunity to work for you, not only is going to level up in their, you know, professional career, but they're going to, you know, be able to do big things in this lifetime. Right. And you're going to see a lot of these people that you're going to mentor one day, they're going to be on the board of directors. And one day they're going to be CEOs. And like, I think that Gary V says it best soft skills. Right. And Mm -hmm. you've really done an amazing job, really honing in on that craft and like, really tapping into your EQ and emotional intelligence to be able to identify like who's who and how to really, you know, uplift them, like get them on top of their game. So like, thank you. I'm just so grateful. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm super stoked to continue our dialogue, getting to know you more. And then, yeah, we have to consider some type of a spinoff because like, I love geeking out with you in regards to self development. It's just been such a blast. 
Thank you so much for your kind words. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'm so glad we're buddies, David. And anytime you want to do a spinoff, maybe Netflix will call us. You never know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you never know. Or you know what? Someday when we go to some of the larger corporations that we might end up going to and later, later down the line, you know, we'll be able to continue to have some good laughs. But, you know, with that being said, thanks again. And for all the listeners out there, we have some awesome speakers coming up. So stay tuned. More folks that are just like Kathy. And yeah, please continue to tune in to the Sales Development Podcast. But until then, this is David Denver signing off. Be well, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.